You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Let's give God some praise this morning. So good. So beautiful. Happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful moms out there. So good. Tell a mom next to you that she is looking good this morning. Just a hint for the guys, us ladies need to hear that a lot more often than we hear it. So if you feel like you've said it too much, just keep saying it. We want to hear it. Awesome. Well, so beautiful. It's such an honor to be here with all of you this morning on Mother's Day, uh, Vision Builders Month. We are just so excited uh, for what God is doing in this house. And just a little disclosure, I have a bit of a cold. So if I just sound a little weird or if I start having a cough drop or things like that, just bear with me this morning. But anyways, awesome. So how many of you in the room, moms, um, how many of you are moms of little kids, like under six? You've got a few. Yes, I see you guys. I think they deserve an extra cookie, maybe an extra nap, some extra, buy them a coffee. Come on. Those of you in the room that have teenagers are saying, I need an extra something, right? Yes. Uh, we love all the stages, right? But I personally relate a little bit more to the moms of littles because I have two little girls, four and six. They just turned, so they will make sure to tell you that they are now leveled up in their ages, right? <clears throat> and I, we just recently went on a family vacation. And uh, I realized on this vacation that um, being a mom and a parent, but I think even, especially a mom, you really experience every range of emotions, all maybe in like the span of five minutes, right? One minute. So we're on this vacation and it's paradise, but we have two little kids that are spoiled enough to not realize they're in paradise. So we hit day three and they were like, I just want to stay in the house and watch a show. And I said, no, we're not doing that, right? Um, but there's moments where you're at, you're at, like there was this one day specifically where I was on the beach. My kids were actually playing because they're old enough now where they were just playing in the sand. My feet were in the water. If you know me, I love the beach. That's like my happy place. And I looked at Vince and I was like, we're living our best life right now, right? And literally two hours later, I won't get too graphic, but I was in the bathroom with our daughter who's potty training. And you can just imagine what was the chaos that was happening in there. And I just had this moment, though, where I was like, wow, like, this is extreme day here. Where one minute I'm like, you have these moments where you're just loving your kids. You're feeling so blessed. You just want to give them a million kisses. And then the next minute you're thinking how you can maybe sell them on eBay. I don't know. I'm just getting real here this morning, right? Kids are, being a mom is all ranges of emotions. And when I was on that trip, we, I actually ended up flying home with the girls by myself, which was an adventure that I had. <laughs> Ruth is laughing because she gets it, right? Uh, it, was, it was an adventure by myself. And we, we took a late night flight, which I don't know if I would ever do again with two little girls. But um, I wanted to share this because it was, it was comical and so sad at the same time. But so we went, we started our flight at 5 p.m. Florida time. So it was way past their bedtimes by the time we got in the air. They, they kind of fell asleep. One, our six-year-old was on my lap, but our four-year-old was seat next to her, which was not smart planning on my part. So she falls asleep, leaning forward. I think she's awake, and I look over, and she was literally sleeping with her bunny, like sitting up and then like leaning and leaning forward. And I was just like, you know that moment as you're like, oh, no. Don't wake up. Please don't wake up. My other kid is on my lap, so I couldn't reach her. And then all of a sudden, she wakes up, 
And like, you can imagine what happened, right? She just starts screaming and the whole plane is like waking up and then my six-year-old just jolts up and they're both crying. And then she's like, I have to go potty now. So I'm like yanking my Hannah off me. She's like, mommy, why? And I grab Sadie, we like run to the bathroom. The bathrooms on airplanes are like this big right here, right? So we're like, in that moment, I seriously wanted to start crying myself, right? I wanted to start crying. I wanted to say, you know what? forget this, I'm done, you can figure it out yourself, right? And I want to share that because sometimes in life, that can that's how life can feel. So if you're not a mom this morning or maybe you don't have kids yet and now you're going, oh, I don't know, it's worth it, I promise. But even if you're not a mom or you're not a parent, we all have moments in life, right, where things can just get crazy. And it feels like just when you're in the airplane bathroom with your kid who's making a mess everywhere and your other kid's crying out there, things can't get any worse, and then something else happens. Actually, on that flight, after I got them back to sleep, they weren't in seatbelts anymore. We hit turbulence, and they both went flying in the air. And I did the mom move where my arm went across them, and I just started praying, like, super loud. And so I think that's how we feel in life, though, right? It's like just in that moment where we feel like we can't handle anything else, the turbulence hits next level. And I want to talk with us this morning. I want us to, to really dive in during this advance series Because sometimes in those moments, it's when our character is really tested, right? It's in those moments that, like, the ugly side can come out. That These are the moments where we really can then, at the same time, though, we can also grow and step out and actually level up in life. And so this morning, um, we're actually going to dive into one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, So why don't you all open up to 2 Kings. And as you go there, I'm just going to kind of give a little backstory on this. Drink the water my lovely husband opened for me. <laughs> I was, he's, he's a great guy. He deals with a lot from me. So he has a strong wife, which can sometimes be a challenge. So <laughs> just give him some hugs later. He's awesome. Uh, so where we're going to jump in this morning is actually uh, a part of the history of the Israelite people. And basically where they're at in this point in the history is they're in a not good place. So they have kind of put themselves in a situation where they have become a very weak nation. They aren't strong. They're, getting, they're kind of getting attacked at all sides by all these other aggressive nations. And one of them is called Assyria. And they are not nice. So I want you to picture... Uh, like Vince said earlier, this is not your typical Mother's Day message, but message. But hang with me; it's gonna be good. So they picture like the worst kind of people that are out there right now, torture, all that. They were those people, and so those people are coming after the Israelites. And the reason that they're in this place is because they had actually turned their backs on God. So they had actually rejected God, and they had kind of said, you know what? Like we're gonna do things our own way, and. Because of that, they had gotten to a place where God actually turned his back on them. And if you read through all of this, it's really intense where he keeps warning them. He keeps saying, look, turn around. He has prophets and he has people that are warning them time after time. And finally, he says, okay, this is enough. Because things had gotten so bad, they were literally sacrificing their own kids. They were getting to this point where they were just doing things that God just couldn't bless. How many of you know that when we get to that place, and I can just see so many parallels, honestly, in our nation today, 
and in our country and in our world, we're, we get to a place where God just can't bless that anymore. And so he had taken his blessing off that, their nation. And so we're going to find them in this place where things were not good. Uh, but the good news, how many know there's always good news in the Bible, right? You just got to keep reading through some of it. And so this morning, we're actually going to look at a guy named, a king named Hezekiah. And he's a reformer, which is why I love him. So if you go to 2 Kings uh, verse, uh, 2 Kings 18, verse 1, uh, it says, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hosea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, I don't know, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. They had to go back a ways to find somebody that had done things like this, right? So he removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the Esther poles. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehushta. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after his time. He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. So the Lord was with him, and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for your word. God, I pray that you would just impart it into our hearts. God, that we wouldn't just hear, but we would let it sink in, God, and that it would be your word this morning. In your name, amen. We like Hezekiah, right? I mean, if you've never heard of him, you're like, this guy's awesome, right? He, come, he comes to a situation that is not good, right? And he says, look, I, I see, because you know he was watching his dad. So his dad was King Ahaz, was real extreme bad. <laughs> like his dad is the guy that's like out there like sacrificing babies. This is why we have kids church, sorry. But that was really happening. And he's seeing this and he's going, my dad is an idiot, right? Sometimes we might think that about our parents, but once you're a parent, you'll have a lot more grace on your parents. But anyways, his dad was not making smart choices, though. But it mentions his grandpa, Zechariah. And I want to I, I know more about that because I feel like that's because Zechariah was in the background going, there's a God, there's one true God that we need to worship. There's one true God, and he was planning things in him from a young age. Never underestimate the things our kids are hearing and watching and what's going to sink in. And even if it feels like they're not getting it, it comes, it'll come up. It'll chase them down. It'll come up. And so that's just a side note, but that is very important as parents to, to remember that because even when they're young, we're not just surviving. We're not just getting through the day. We are teaching. And we are teaching them integrity. We're teaching them who God is and how to love other people. So Hezekiah had that going on, even though he was around so much dysfunction and so much evil, honestly. There was evil going on in the name of God. Because you have to remember that Israel was still proclaiming that they were God's people. They were still worshiping God, almost like a little like good luck charm. But then they were also doing all of these other things. And so Hezekiah comes on the scene, and you have to understand, this was like political. So he's making this huge political move. His first thing as king, 25. If you're 25 in here, can you imagine being king, right? And then you come in, and you're just 
change everything, right? He's a reformer. I love it. It's so awesome. So he comes in, and I want us to talk this morning. So the title of my message is called In God We Trust. Because I want us to learn from Hezekiah, because I don't want to just talk about a story that happened a long time ago. But there's so much in here that we can learn how to live a life based on faith, not fear. So we can live a life where we can say, in God, we really do trust. In God, we trust, not in ourselves. We're not walking in fear. And so to be a reformer in our life, to be a reformer for our kids and for the next generation, we have to learn how to step out in faith, not fear. And so the first thing this morning is that I want to talk about in order to live your life trusting in God in faith, not fear, you have to be set apart. So Hezekiah, King Hezekiah comes on the scene and he realizes something. The nation of Israel used to be set apart. When they were founded back in the days of Abraham and Isaac and Moses and King David, God blessed the nation. He brought victory to them and mighty battles were won because they were set apart. They said, God is our God. We will worship God. If you look through, they went through so many things of faith, stepping out, taking bold moves of faith. And he's looking at it going, we used to be special. We used to be mighty, powerful warriors. Like nobody was picking on Israel back then. They were scared. They were getting chased out of the land. But the issue is that Israel had become just like all the other nations. They looked the exact same to the one who mattered, which is God. So they didn't look the same necessarily from the physical because they were still saying that they worshipped God and doing all of the regulations and religions, and they had that temple too. But you know what God looks at? The heart. God's not interested in your show. God's not interested in how you present yourself to other people. I feel like we need to hear that this morning. I know I do. Because it's so easy to get caught up in it, right? So easy to have to put the show on, to, to be the thing for the people, to be perfect. But God doesn't care about that. He wants you to come as you are. He cares about your heart. And so God saw the heart of the Israelite people, and it was not good. And so he had left. He had, he had to go. So Hezekiah is going, okay, the only way that we can turn this whole thing back around is to put our, like a stick in the sand and, and make us set apart again. So he tore down all of the, the high towers, all of the worshiping places, all of the altars. So I want to encourage us this morning, if we want to be set apart, if we want to live a life that is full of faith and not fear, there's some things that we're going to need to take down in our life. There's some things that we're going to have to really have like a check, a self-check. So I want to share with you this morning, so I'm not asking you to do something that I don't do. And I want to share with you this morning that about a year and a half ago, I realized that something that I had put in my life over God was actually my kids. Now, that might sound weird because we're supposed to, you know, love our kids and take care of them. And, you know, this is Mother's Day, so, like, we're honoring that. But it's, you know, it's so easy as a, as a parent 
to live in fear, right? Because there's a lot of stuff going on out there. There's a lot of things that could come and hurt our kids. And at the time, our girls, I think, were two and four, maybe even one and three. So they were really little. And, but it felt like my heart was just out of my body at all times. And it was terrifying. And I never thought I would honestly be that kind of mom. So it kind of threw me off that I was living in all this fear. And some of it was, you know, justified. There's real things that we can be afraid of. But a lot of it was even just not even, it was like unfounded fears. It was just a lot of fear. And I was actually in El Salvador on a mission trip. I've shared this before with some of you. But I was on the mission trip, and I was super sick. Like, could not stand. Savannah knows. (laughs) And I couldn't even stand. And we were in this church service, and so I was just sitting down worshiping. And I felt like God was like, you need to stand up. So I was like, okay, I think I can stand up. So I, like, kind of, like, weakly stood up. And God was like, you need to lay your kids down at the altar right now. I will take them. I've got them. I will carry your kids. Because, you see, and we had been youth pastors for years. And so I was terrified that our kids would hate God or they would resent ministry or they would resent the church. Or, you know, I had all these fears that I was going to lose my husband to church. All of these things, God said, lay it down because I have your kids. And all of a sudden, I, I can just tell you, I did not feel sick in that moment. It's like a new strength came over me. And there's something rose up in me. And it was like I realized if I actually wanted my kids to, to make it, I had to give them up. I had to take that altar that I had put above God of being a mom, and I had to just put it down. And a minute later, the pastor's wife found me in a sea of people. Like, it was crowded. Like, you could barely get through. She found me with an interpreter, and she said, God wants you to know that he has your kids. And I just started crying, right? I, God was like, God just wanted me to know that it wasn't just in my head. He sent someone to make sure that I knew, that he saw that sacrifice. He saw me like Hezekiah taking it down. And I want to share that this morning for a couple reasons. One, uh, that the, person, the pastor's wife also said that God is going to do something in our, our girl's life that's way bigger than what God's even doing in, in Vince and I. And so I know God has a call on them. And so it's going to be even harder. It's gonna, I'm just going to have to continue, honestly, to put them out, lay them down, because it's scary. To, I'm good with taking risks myself, but when it's my kids, you know, it's a little bit different. But the bigger thing is that a lot of times the things in our life that we've put above God are good things on their own. They're good things that God has actually, like God gave me my girls. They're a blessing. I love them. If you follow me on any social media, you know I'm kind of obsessed with them, right? Like always posting pictures. So they're a good thing. God gives us good gifts. But when we put the gift over the creator, that's when it's idol worship. One of the things listed in here, and I, I won't go too into detail, but they're actually worshiping a bronze serp, a snake that Moses had made. And I want to mention this because the snake was actually made for, to be a reminder of God. The snake was actually, they were supposed to carry it to remind them because they had actually, you have to read this whole story, it's kind of crazy. But God was a little bit intense back in the day. <laughs> and they had actually been turned against him back then. So he sent all these poisonous snakes to like wipe everybody out. And then Moses like convinced him, to, it's crazy, you guys need to read it. So anyways, they created this thing to remind them of God. And now they're worshiping it. And so I love how Hezekiah just, like, shatters it. 
there's some things in our life that we need to shatter. What is it? I want us to just have a minute, like think about it in your life. What is it that God is asking you to shatter? But that's just part of it. Because to be set apart, we can't just, we, God's not calling us to be, and I think this is really important for us to get, God's not calling us to just be like the weird Christians. You guys know what I mean by that. Don't act offended out there. <laughs> we, we're not called to be the people that are like, oh, no, no, I, I've taken down all my idols. Like, I'm just only worshiping God. I'm only going to listen to Caleb, have my Christian stickers on the car, do the thing. If you love Caleb, good on you. I love you. Um, but if, if, we're, if that's all that sets us apart, we're missing it. What should set us apart is that when things get hard, we stand strong. What should set us apart is that when someone is mean to us, we have an unexplainable amount of grace and peace for them. What sets us apart is that when we have joy, when things are really hard. What sets us apart is when we can have peace in the chaos. And the only way we can get that is if we found, if we take down everything else that we're possibly looking to, to fill those needs and put God first. We have to put God first. Yeah, I feel like God deserves, yes, (laughs) a few of you. It's so easy. I really feel I need to say that again and again because I'm the first one to raise my hand to say it's so easy for me to put other things above God, to trust in other things, even though, like, you feel like you're doing it for God even. But it's just so easy to kind of let these things rise above God. Rise, like, you know, is your security in your job? Jobs are needed. They're good. But if, you, if the thought of losing your job makes you extremely terrified, you need to lay it down on the altar because you have to trust that God has it. God has you. Maybe it's, you know, relationships, friendships. Sometimes we put our friends way up here. I've gone through those seasons. Whatever it is. Something that I feel that God wants me to share with you as well is that, so I had kind of gone through that and given my kids up, and, and then shortly after that, see, the enemy is sneaky. Things will creep back in. So I had this amazing encounter with God, right? And then shortly after that, we went through probably the, well, not probably, the hardest season of our life uh, where, you know, we were, you know, Vince's mom was heard that coming to the end of her struggle with cancer and our finances were really, things were, on every level of our life, it was like, the worst. (laughs) Our marriage was struggling. Everything was hard, right? And so instead of turning to God, I turned to something that was actually good at the time, but it turned into something else. So I, many of you know, because of my posts and things like that, but I actually started selling Stella and Dot. So it was jewelry, accessories, and I loved it. It was super fun. I love fashion. So it seemed like a great fit. And also it was a great way to get out of the house when there was just always sickness in our house. So it was like God gave me this beautiful gift, right? But I'm a very like competitive, goal-oriented person. And so I just started getting a little bit 
more into it and more into it. And I had this goal that I was going to hit. And that goal became my idol. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to stand up here and say this to you guys. So I just want you to know that I'm willing to do that because I know we all have things in our life that can start off good and as a blessing. And then all of a sudden you turn back and go, what happened to me? And so my what happened to me moment was honestly the day after I hit that goal. So I hit that goal. And my sweet husband and my kids, we, they all, like, were sacrificing. We were all in this thing together. It was, like, this amazing moment. And then the next day, it didn't feel, it didn't, it wasn't the feeling that I thought I was going to have. It was like, wait, like, that wasn't, that's, I, I still feel incomplete. I still feel broken. I still feel so much hurt and pain. But no, like, I hit this thing. I'm actually wearing a ring <laughs> that says star because that's what I hit was star. So I bought myself a ring that said star. And now when I wear this ring, I look at this and it's a reminder of how far I had gotten, you guys. And I just had this moment. So anyways, fast forward six months later, I'm at this conference, Stella and Dot, super fun. And I just want to say again, it's a great company. I'm still a stylist there. But it was me. It was my heart that had just gotten way over here. And so I'm at this thing, I'm meeting all of the important people, doing the thing, walking across this, everything I had dreamed, it was happening. And I was so empty. I was like miserable. It was like this crazy moment where I looked at myself and I was like, who is this? And I was definitely not set apart. You see, all the girls on my team, all my friends in Stella and Dot, they know I'm a Christian. They know that I'm walking with God and for God. And I was like a train wreck at that thing. <laughs> I think because my spirit was like so grieved that I had gotten so over here. And so it was just this moment. And I just had this moment of, God, I am so sorry. God, you gave me this good thing and I put it above you. And I had to just take it down. And then as we started getting busier and things like that, I realized like, how much of my life had actually been consumed by it. See, I would wake up in the morning and I would check my, I would have my to-do list. Like Vince knows. It was, he was so sweet that he never called me out on it. He kind of just let it happen. Maybe he should have. No, <laughs> we, had, we weren't in the best place then. But anyways, uh, I realized that I needed to switch it all up. So instead of waking up in the morning and doing all of those things, I wake up now and I go on my prayer walk and then I spend time with God. And I've turned it around so much that if I even think about those things back now, it's just shocking to me that that had consumed so much of my time. And now when I miss a day or two of my prayer walk and my time with God, I am, like, feeling it. It has become so much part of who I am. And let me just tell you, I say all that to tell you that the reason that I am set apart now is because of that time in the morning with God. So in this story when Hezekiah took down the altars, when we take things down, we have to put something back there. So the second thing I want us to talk about this morning is we need to build a new altar. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
Then you will learn to know God will f- God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, we should, be le- we should be living lives that are set apart. But sometimes, like, you hear that and you're like, oh, here we go. Got to set our, I have to read my Bible. And it, it can start to feel like more things to do. But I want to be super clear. This should actually bring extreme freedom and ease to your life. See, when I laid down my Stella and Dot business and when I laid down my kids, I, it was like a huge burden that I didn't even know I was carrying was just lifted. And I have a freedom now that I can still do those things. I mean, I still love my kids and I still can sell Stella and Dot, but it just looks different. And there's a freedom and an ease. And when we let our minds be transformed, we're set apart for all the right reasons because it's just God flowing in us and through us. And so how do we set up a new altar? It goes back to what I was just saying. It's a daily thing. It's daily coming to God in the morning, saying, God, I give you, or whenever you can do that. But for me, the morning is just sets your whole day off, so I really recommend it. I had to get up earlier, and I do love my sleep, right? Yes, I love my sleep. Vince gets up at 5. Can't do that. But I get up early and do that. But it's setting that altar up, saying, I'm going to take out these other things that I'm worshiping, but if we don't fill it with an altar to God, we'll fill it with something. Because, we're see, we're created to worship. We're created to be worshipers. And so if we, like if you're super intentional and you go through your, your things and you look at each thing and you say, okay, I'm not going to focus on this, I'm not going to do that. But if you don't fill it with intentional time worshiping God, you're going to still worship something. And so building that new altar is actually not that hard. You just have to be intentional. You just have to be intentional. See, Hezekiah was intentional. And we're just getting, we're just about to get into my favorite part of the Hezekiah story. So just get ready because it's going to get really good here in a minute. Uh, So Vince already... Pastor Vince took my verse, one of my verses. It's like we've been married for a while or something. Um, but I love Psalm 121. And, and I love how God had him talk about it earlier because it just shows that it's such a good thing that God wants us to hear and impart on us today. But actually, there, it's believed that Hezekiah wrote this verse. And it's Psalm 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleep. See, Hezekiah did everything right. It says that he was actually remembered as the best king before or after. Before was King David. There was something super special about King Hezekiah. And God had, a, God had a special love for him because he came in and he just shifted everything. He shifted everything back to focus on the one true God, the one love of God. But Hezekiah had to still deal with all the stuff that I talked about before. See, sometimes in life we can think, okay, if I just do things the right way, if I just turn my life back to God, everything's going to just be easy. 
I'm sorry. I wish that was the case. Sometimes that is, and there is an ease to it, but there's still things that happen. Life still can have some struggle to it. There's some stuff that comes that pushes against us. And so Hezekiah actually had a real enemy, the Assyrians. And they were actually now more interested. Like as Israel is setting themselves apart and not getting pushed around anymore, they're like, wait a second. We liked it when you were the weak little ones we could push around. So actually... The Assyrians come to, so it's like these huge walled cities and this huge army. The king actually sends his, like, top guys. So it's like the vice president, like all of his very top guys. He comes. So I want you, as I'm telling you this part of the story, hold on, need some water. I want you to just picture this as, like, a movie playing out. Because I still think this whole story I'm about to say is like an epic movie that needs to be made. So feel free to add in some dramatic music, like whatever it takes to just come with me on this story. So they come to the walls of the city. And Hezekiah's top guys are there too. So you've got the top guys of both, both sides there. And the Assyrians start shouting. They start yelling and telling Israel to stop trusting their king Hezekiah. And actually, Hezekiah's guys are like, you can just talk to us. We understand your language. They're like, no, we need them to hear this. They should not be trusting your king because he's putting you in a bad situation because he's trusting God. So they come in front of all the people and basically say that God is nothing. They come before all the people and they they said, so we're going to look at, um, actually, we're not going to read the verse right now, but they said, what is this confidence that you have? And I really encourage that you read all this sometime because it's very intense. It makes me mad even just reading it. The things that they say about God. And they're, basically they're saying that they're equating God to all the other gods. They're saying this God couldn't save this nation and this God couldn't save this nation. And your God couldn't save you because keep in mind they had been God's nation still. But what they didn't realize and what Hezekiah knew was that they were a new nation. That everything had shifted that they weren't picking on just this weak nation. They were actually picking on God. And so that's why you need to start the dramatic music, okay? So they're yelling insults at God at the city gate, and they're basically saying that you're all going to die unless you come and, like, grovel and denounce God, denounce king, like, you need to kick your king out. So this is what Hezekiah got for doing all the right things, right? He gets basically... He could have been scared that his entire nation was going to revolt against him. They're going to go, you know, you're right. He's crazy. Like, we had a good thing going. What has he done to us, right? So this is like a moment where everything Hezekiah has done kind of looks like it's backfiring bad. It's like that moment where his top guys could have been like, oh, my goodness, Hezekiah, what have you done? Like, what if we go and we bring them all of our gold, Maybe we could save half our people. Like, that's where we're at here. And so they bring this word to the king. And it says that King Hezekiah ripped his clothes and, and like, wailed because they were coming after his God. He didn't even care about himself. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't even pause. And we're going to pick up here in one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Because King Hezekiah lays, so the king not only sent his guys to yell these insults, he also sent a letter 
So now it's in written form, calling out God. So he lays this letter down at the altar as like, it's one of those moments of like, look at this, God. <laughs> look at this. Like when my kids come and tell on their sibling <laughs> or tell me that like so-and-so like did this at school and it's, my daughter's a little bit of a tattler, Hannah. She's perfect. Anyways, um, but this is a justified moment because sometimes there is justified moments where you're going, look at this. And King Hezekiah, so 2 Kings 19, 15, says, Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. You, God doesn't need to be reminded of that, just, but Hezekiah might be reminding himself, right? Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to these words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all the nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They are not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord God, rescue me from this power, then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. He had such a confidence because he knew that his God was, is the only God. That's our God. The God that we serve, he created everything. And he's the only God. And so he lays it out there and he says, God, huh, this is going to be funny, right, God? Like, do you see what he said? Like, he doesn't get that you're actually God and all of these other gods are just man-made things that they're nothing. But you are God. So, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So what does God do? This is amazing. So again, just picture this dramatic moment. So my third thing that we need to do is we need to give God the battle and the victory. Give God the battle and the victory. How do you do that? In prayers like this one. It's not just sitting back and like not doing anything. It's actually going to the war room of prayer and laying things out, but in a way that honors God. You see how Hezekiah honored God so much in this prayer? So he wasn't begging God. He wasn't going to God saying, oh, God, please, like we're in such a bad situation. He did say those things, but in a reversed way where he said, God, you are mighty. God, you created this, and you created that, and you are going to save us. He was prophesying. He was proclaiming what God was going to do in that prayer. And so that's how you lay things down. It's not a submissive. It's a battle. You're like going into battle, but you're giving it to God all in one. And so he lays that out like it's a gauntlet that he has thrown down to God, and he knows that God is about to wield his sword. So check out 2 Kings 19.35. I just love this so much. Amazing. Okay. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185, 100,000 Assyrian soldiers. What? This needs to be a movie. Come on, somebody. He just took them out. The, 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 the Israel nation didn't even have to fight. God just went and did it. 
God was like, you're right. I can't, excuse me? God was up there going, excuse me. <laughs> did you, did you hear what he, mm, no. And he just goes and he takes it out. But you know, he was also like so proud of King Hezekiah. He's so proud. And I love this at the end. It says then King, I don't even try to say his name. He's not even worth my time. Of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. So this king that was so arrogant, so confident, I'm pretty sure, well, we know that God could have killed him, right? But he didn't because he wanted him to see. And he's running. I just love that so much. I just, in my mind, it's like this whole movie. I just picture him, like, running off, like, hiding, trying to get out there. God fought the battle. And the way that God fought that battle, so much better than we could ever even think of, right? Like, he, who would have thought, like, to ask him to just knock everybody out? right? And God wants to do creative stuff in your life. God wants to do things that like you could never even think of on your own. But first we have to allow him in. And so I want to encourage us this morning to really examine, to really take a moment and say, am I setting, am I being set apart? The band can come up. Am I being set apart? Am I allowing God to be in my life and be number one? Have I established a new altar in my life where I honor God, where I give God all the glory? That includes telling people about God, right? That means that when things go good and God does come in, that we are the first to say, that wasn't me at all right? That's when we get the opportunity to say things like, you know what? If it wasn't for God, I would not be here right now, which is true. If it wasn't for God, I don't even know what our marriage would, my marriage would look like or what my life would look like or who I would be. I would be a shell of this person right here. But through God, he can give you newness. He can give you boldness and restoration and healing. And we're going to take some time in a minute And I love the song, Victory is Yours. And I just want to read a few of these words really quick, and then we're going to spend some time in worship, and you can come and get some prayer if you have some things you need to lay down. But our fight is with weapons unseen. Your enemies crash to their knees as we rise up in worship. When trials unleash like a flood, the battle belongs to our God doesn't have to be our own battle. The battle belongs to God. And in the song, it says, the victory is yours. You're riding on the storm. Whatever it is in your life that's been feeling like this never-ending storm, God is already riding on it. God already has the victory, and he wants to bring victory in you. He just needs us to let him. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, like, in a personal way, and you just, you don't really, you haven't, maybe you can't really connect to a lot of what I've been talking about because you haven't had that first step, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Because everything can shift in a moment when you allow God into your life. 
You will have a freedom that you never knew. You will have a peace that you never knew. You will have love that you never knew. See, we are all here today because of Jesus, that he died on the cross, but that he is not dead. He rose. Yeah, he rose, and he wants to live in each of us and give us power and authority, and that's why we can be set apart. Is We have it actually way better than King Hezekiah because God sent his son, so we have freedom and forgiveness and healing and the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. And so if you are here this morning, every head bowed and every eyes closed, you can just take a moment and really examine your heart and say, do I know Jesus? Do I have him in my heart? Have, am I living for him? Or maybe you had made that decision a long time ago, but you found yourself really, really far from God. God wants you to come back to him in a moment. He will shift everything. And so if you're here this morning, I would love to just pray with you. This is just between you and God. So go ahead and just raise your hand this morning and say that you want to make that choice. You want everything to shift this morning. You want Jesus to come in and make things new. going to give it a moment. I see your hands up there. See your hands. I'm just going to pray together. And I want to encourage you that if if you're taking this step, we're going to pray a prayer together. And then in a moment when we're doing worship, I would love for you to come down and just get prayer and, and have this moment together. But let's pray together. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Heal my heart. Make me new. I want to live for you. In your name, amen. Can we just give them a huge hand this morning? So beautiful. And I want to encourage all of us to to take this next minute. The band is going to play one of my favorite songs. And I don't, I would really encourage you, don't miss this opportunity. Whether it's altars that you need to take down. Whether it's building that new altar and putting God first. Or maybe... It's putting that letter before God. I feel, I know some of you in this room have things going on in your life that feel impossible. So you need to lay that down. And we're going to have our ministry team up here if you need prayer, if you want breakthrough. Do not leave today the same. Mother's Day 2019 can be the moment where something shifted. And I strongly believe that with everything in me. So as the band starts to play, I would love all of us to stand and worship. And if you want prayer, come down, or you can just have a moment in your seat. God can touch you where you're at. Let's, let's, let's press in this morning and give God the victory. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.